got it locked on Rodeo Radio. Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Dre in the place to be. Co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. After Rodeo, get stupid, son. Yo. Don't think that you can get none of Trey The motherfucking doctor The bitch hopper The sucker motherfucker stopper I'm fucked up so don't mind what I'm saying I'm just kicking it But Steve, Tony, A and Susan Yo, we can choose it Dope shit to put in a mix Know what I'm saying? We kick shit like And, and That's a fact And if your shit ain't in a mix You know it's swag And that ain't no bullshit Kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up, Dr. Dre's in full effect doing serious damage, boy. Tony A! Tony A! When you're ready, go. Welcome, everybody, to Rodeo Radio episode 120. And I'm thankful that everybody tuned in today. But before I introduce my very first guest, I got some special announcements I have to make. You know how it goes here at Rodeo Radio. Anyways, I want to give a big shout out to Be Real, Be Real TV, Be Real from Cypress Hill for inviting me, welcoming me to Dr. Green Thumb. If you guys didn't catch that episode, make sure you guys go check it out on Be Real TV on YouTube. Dope time. I actually got a little high, contact high because there was so much bud being smoked that day but uh so good i got drunk too dope as i forgot uh, i forgot what do they call them chrono readers i forgot what they call them but dr readers she was off the hook but anyways um last wednesday or wednesday just passed what's today sunday yeah wednesday we uh aired the rhodia mixtape documentary uh, the one-hour version director's cut. That's the one that was going to be entered into the film festivals. But what happened was that due to COVID, they got canceled. That's what happened. So what we did, we blessed you guys with the early Christmas gift that you guys, uh, if you guys like the one-hour version of it, you guys are going to love the three-hour version when it comes out on Blu-ray. Or if you want to uh, view it uh, through the documentary uh, com, you can go there and stream it there for a very, very low price. But uh, other than that, let's talk a little bit about the GoFundMe that people have been asking for. So I'm going to address it now. And I'm not going to address it again, so I'm just letting you know now, okay? One time, so if you watch this video, maybe you're going to have to go rewind it and watch it again. So uh, up on the screen should be the GoFundMe page, and it shows the budget. The budget that we asked you guys for was for the 15000 That was the budget for the GoFundMe, and we actually hit a little bit over eighteen. Thanks to you guys. So we want to thank you guys, applaud you guys for blessing us with that. There was two idiots going around, uh, mouthing off, bumping gums. And the reason why I say bumping gums, because one of them doesn't have teeth, but saying that we collected $50,000. I don't know where in the hell they got that number from, but if you go on my IG, on my bio, you can actually click on it and it'll take you to the GoFundMe. Now on the GoFundMe, whoever gave uh, $50 or more, you were going to get incentives, but you were supposed to go to documentary.com, click there, 
and look up the incentives that you were going to get. Here's the thing. Many of you gave, you received an email and never replied. When you reply, you receive your incentives. One of them, once again, was if you gave over $50 or more, you were going to get your name on the documentary because this documentary could not have been made or done without you guys. So we want to thank you and applaud you guys for blessing us with that. Now, people asking us, have you started the documentary? Those of you that are faithful followers of uh, Rodium Radio know that several months back on several occasions, I've announced that we had already started. We had already started filming. Now, I'm not obligated to sit here and tell you, you know, hey, um, this is uh, when we started. All I'm obligated to do is to point you to my bio, click the link, look at the budget, and eventually we'll give you updates on when the documentary will come out. We're probably about a third's way. But here's the sad thing. Due to COVID, many people, just a few, because we already interviewed a few, but uh, a few people said they, they didn't want to come out due to COVID. So things are at a standstill, okay? And due to certain of these fires, many people didn't want to come over here. I get it. It's understandable, but it's on its way. So now, another thing that I want to share with you guys that um, by Wednesday, by Wednesday, we're going to make all of our records public, okay? Because if you donate it, you have the right to look at everything that we spent, all the invoices, all the receipts, pictures, whatever we bought. You guys are entitled to that. So all you got to do is go to rodeonradio at gmail.com, uh, email us, let us know that you donated, but you have to be somebody that actually donated. And uh, we will give you all the info that you need. But meanwhile, you ain't got to listen to these two idiots that are talking crap. Okay. Um, I will address everything else at the end. So, um, you just don't have to wait. Okay. So if you want to call somebody, text somebody, slap somebody, well, one of them's already been slapped. But anyways, check this out. Uh, without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest, Johnny D in the place to be from Spanish Fly. What's going on? How you doing, brother? I'm good. You know what? I have to, I have to announce. First of all, I want to thank you openly and publicly because you showed up. Due to some unfortunate circumstances, we had somebody here booked yeah. already. And something was going along around in his family that he didn't really want to discuss. Yeah. So he pretty much just said, you know what? I can't make it. So we rescheduled him. I called you. You got the new music coming out and I want to talk about it, promote it and, Let's uh, do it. you know, uh, shine light on it. So with that being said, how was your weekend going? My weekend's good, man. For reals? Yeah. Well, the week was straight. Did some videos for the fly. Right. Uh -huh. And then did a couple of videos for me too, also. So for it was the pretty fly. cool. Yeah, for Spanish okay. fly. Spanish fly. Okay. You know what? Um, other than that, because I know today's Sunday, and Sunday is always like football for me, bro. Yeah. You a big football guy? You know what? Uh I haven't kept up with it. Mm -hmm. most of the time just spending time with the kids. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. That'll work. Niners all day though, but <laughs> All day. Uh, where's my helmet at? Because oh, today the Cowboys got beat lucky. Yeah, got lucky. the Niners. Yeah, got so, lucky you know, as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and put that. Right got lucky there. today. It's all so, good. all right. Anyways, all right. Uh, other than that, I know you just finished saying that you guys uh, did some videos over the weekend. And uh, who who uh, filmed or directed the videos? The concrete. Concrete. concrete did all, he does all my videos. 
Okay. It's fire. It was uh, one of the best out there doing music videos. No shit. Yeah. So we're out in um, in Pedro mm-hmm. with me, um, Mokes, Any Means, and Daz. And we uh, we filmed one of the Spanish Fly ones coming out in January. Okay. And then we came back over here to the dub and did my video here, which was dope, which is like real close to here. Yeah. Right in the neighborhood. All right. Well, you know what? I'm glad you came back because the last time you were here, you actually had to share the time with Etta Daz and yeah, um, Mokes. Yeah, Mokes. So I'm um, glad we got you here now. But let me ask you something. Um, how did you become a member of Spanish Fly or how did you meet Etta Daz? Okay. I met Daz through uh, a party. It was at Fino Rest in Peace from the, we call it the second generation of the Fly. Mm-hmm. I met him at a, I met them at a party. I was rocking the mic on the, on a DJ system. And then they just heard me and they're like, Hey, I want you to they introduce me to him. Yeah. And then Daz was feeling it. And then he told me to come down to the studio. And then I went, I went down to Carson where he was located and just killed it because I was used to, to rapping on a, just on a, on a DJ system. Right. Right. So cutting it down and breaking into, into breaking into like, I would rap a whole song through. So breaking it down and recording it like the professional way was right. easy. Now, now what, what, um, what year was this? Like when did this take place? Uh, like 2002. Okay. Okay. So it was early. Yeah. Now, nah, but you didn't know Daz prior. I didn't know Daz. Okay. I met him through, uh, Will, the homie Will. He's, uh, he was close to Daz at the time. I met him through him and then he linked it up and then we just got busy. Okay. And, um, uh, what were some of the, uh, first recordings that you guys did, uh, together as Spanish Fly? And was it just you and Daz at the time? You know at the, at first it was just me and Daz. Okay. We did, uh, we were doing a, uh, 310, what, 310 suspects? Mm-hmm. We're doing a little project besides the fly. And then I just kept late doing music with Daz. And then, and then I would go to the studio with, um, cause they were signed to Silent Giant uh-huh. and Eat Up in Kool-Aid. So I would go with them to the studio and I would just come, come with it, do verses on the, on the, on the project. And then he asked me to be a part of the fly. Okay. And, uh, now were you a fan of Spanish fly before that? Yeah. I was, I was a fan of him. Okay. Now, did you ever meet uh, Essa Rich Rock? No, I never no. met him. So by that time, he was pretty much. Yeah, it was already. That was that was like time passed. You know, the last time I actually saw him, I believe he was out here in High Street. Mm-hmm. He was out here hanging out, and everybody's like, "That's your boy," because I've known Essa Rich Rock since he's been like in junior high school. Yeah. And I worked with them, did a couple of demos. He was actually going to rap on a couple of my mixtapes, but we had already had High C, so it was between. Another one of my boys that I always like to shout out, Doc Nasty, my boy Dion. He was in a rap on some of my mixtapes. We're talking about in the eighties. And Steve picked, uh, High C because he had more of the easy E, uh, tone of voice. Yeah, the NWA style. Right. So that was what was popping and hot. So we decided to go with them. But Daz was going to be on one of my mixtapes. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Rich Rock. Rich Rock. But you know what? Man, um, did you enjoy the documentary? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it a couple of times. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I wish that they could have gotten that guy, you know, interviewed him, talked to him or something because, like, nobody knows where he's at. Yeah. You know, the, um, ha- have you, or do you know if DJ Tricks or Daz have heard anything from him? You no, know, from what I hear from Daz, no. Nothing? Huh? Nah, he hasn't heard nothing from him. Okay. So you said it was you, Daz? Ace and Fino. Fino. Yeah, Fino, rest in peace. Okay. Now, you guys did an EP album, or what did you guys do? We did an album. Okay. Yeah, they were working on a project, and Daz had a couple tracks in, and then um, when I joined, we finished it up. Oh. 
It was a pretty, pretty dope project. Okay. And um, you guys have any features or was it just all you guys? It was all us. We had uh, Daz Dillinger. Oh, really? Yeah, Daz did a song. It was dope. Fire. And that's about it. And it was the rest of the group. Okay. And um, when that album came out, was that signed to a major label independently? Like, uh, um, It was Silent Giant. That's uh, Edom and Kool-Aid. Okay. Pocos Per Locos. Okay. And, so. and, and how, um, how what did that album do for you guys? It did well. It did well. You know, I, I can't. I don't want to touch on that. It, but it, yeah, it radio play at least. It did get radio play because uh -huh. you know, because it was you know tied to Kool Aid. Right. It got it got radio play. We we're what about freaking shows. Shows we did shows, plenty of shows. We went to, we did the tour too, which had everybody on there from Chingo Bling to, to um, what Omar Cruz was there. Oh, okay. Mexiclan, and uh, oh, that was when Mox was, was what? Yeah, Mox was uh was Mexiclan at the time. Okay. Yeah, they were doing it big. That'll work. That'll work. So, after that album, walk us through what takes place after. Did you guys come up with another Spanish Fly album? No. Um, we kind of took a break. And um, my dad started doing his solo project. Okay. Yeah. Now, when he released a solo project, was that just him? Or was that was he still carrying the name Spanish Fly? It was just him. That's the dad's of Spanish Fly. Okay. He was carrying the name, but it was just, more, it was just like a solo project he was doing with them. Okay. And you? Me, I... Pfft. Just family life, dude. I was working my ass off, doing my 12-hour days. Hey, we got to do that, bro. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay, yeah. that'll work, man. Okay, now, uh, so now when did you, you took the break from the first album. When did you come back and started working again? Damn. I would say about um, a year and a half ago, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I, we had a bunch of songs in the studio we did, but never got released. But we, we still don't have, we still haven't released them, which we will. But um, I chopped it up with Daz and I told him, hey, man, well, I want to get back in the booth. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when I took a little break from work. And I go, I want to get back in there. So we uh, like procrastinated with it. But I gave him some ideas. He shot me some beats. And then he recreated it. Like he, he was just, he was, he stepped his game up, dude. Right. Daz was always good. But right. he stepped his game up and he created some fucking some dope beats. I know. I know. I mean, because the beats that he has right now are fucking knocking, bro. So uh, they are fucking knocking. And you know what? They're different. And I always call him up and give him his flowers and tell him that the shit that he's working on right now is is working right now, bro. Yeah. So so now, so, but see, here's my thing, bro, because I've taken like time off from 2007 to 2017. Yeah. Raised my family, did what I had to do, okay? But did you at all like continue working on rap at all? Dude, or? I I was I was playing with the craft. I didn't I didn't re I didn't record anything, but I had a lot ready mm -hmm. to go. But I never had the chance to get to it until I until I hit Daz up, mm -hmm. and then he was already he moved far further than Carson, so it was harder to get to him. Yeah. So what I did was I just wrote some stuff down and had him make some beats, and and then when I went there, I went there with work. Right. So I went there and recorded like four tracks the first day I meeting. I mean, seeing him again for a long time. Right. So and those tracks came out fire. So. Okay. Well, now now this time around, you said you hooked up with him two thousand two. You guys did an album. Yeah. This time around. Do you see the maturity? Do you see the your level that you stepped it up as far as uh, your lyrics? Like, how do you hey. compare yourself now to back then? I was more, I would, yeah, come on, more energetic back then, you know, and, and, and killing it, but doing good too. But I think now it's more um, lyrical content and like a more steady, uh, like adult come adult way to lyrics. You know, like it's just more, it's more, um, I think it's better to be honest with you. Really? It's way better than before. Now, here's an odd question. Now, you got country singers, you got rock singers, you got um, R&B singers, 
And they sing throughout their career. They could have started as a teenager and then they sing into their 50s, 60s, and 70s, okay? Like, let's yeah. just say like an Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, et cetera. Isn't it funny that when it comes to rap, it's almost like they put an age limit. They'll say, you can't be a 50-year-old rapper. Yeah. It sounds goofy, but why is it that in rap, it's only like they put an age limit? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I get it. I'm in my 30s, so... I'm considered. I'm not considered an old rapper, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up there. Right, right. But but lyrically, I can come at any rapper, any young rapper, and I can I'll, I'll knock them off a track. To be honest with you, that's how I feel. And you know, you can listen to the squad and all that. We could. Well, come all, with the heat. All you gotta do is just listen to your records, listen to yeah. your lyrics, bro, and yeah. people would know that you could rap. Now, your style is different. It's not your typical Chicano rap style. Yeah. Okay. Now let me ask. What inspired or who inspired that style that you use today? That I use today? The the people that we all listen to. Mm -hmm. Like I said last time, the, the, like a death row. I was always death row all day, every day. I played some East Coast, but it was more like a like a Snoop and like a... I always touch on Spice One. I always had that Spice One. Like, really? It's dope style. I love this shit. Oh, you know what? I think, yeah, I think you're the yeah, one that said... You're the one that said that brought up Spice One. You're the only one that brought up Spice One. Strap on the side of me, man. That shit was, that shit was fire. Just bump that shit through the hood. That's dope, That's one man. of the jams. Okay, I don't know if I asked you this last time, but I like to ask everybody these questions, okay? Favorite, top five favorite East Coast, either artists or albums? Uh, Nas, Illmatic. Okay. Top five. Top five? Yeah, if you had Nas, to choose. I would say Biggie, like everybody would say Biggie. Um, I, I do, uh, LL Cool J is hard as fuck, too. And you say East Coast, huh? Yeah. Big Al and uh, and Fat Joe, all lyricists. Yeah, dope Fat, lyricists. Yeah. Okay, now West Coast top five. West Coast, West Coast. Dr. Dre, uh, big Easy E fan. So Easy E, um, fuck Snoop, of course Snoop. Yeah, of course. And then um, I would say the Dog Pound. So uh, so Daz and Corrupt. That shit was hard. And then I guess Spice One. Okay. One. Wow. All right. Now, are you a huge fan of Chicano rap? I'm a, I'm a fan of Chicano rap. Yeah, definitely. Give me your top five Chicano rappers. Right now? It it, it could be from beginning, like from, because Chicano rap's about 30 years old. Yeah. So let's just say from uh, 1990 to 2020. Shit. Top, the ones that, the ones on my playlist? Mm-hmm. Would be you know King Lil G, he's on there, and um, my boy Any Means, he's on there. I have I play his shit all the time before I even met him. Um, Mokes is on there, Mexican. Um, Shadow was on there. I always play Shadow shit. Yeah. And um, who else? It would be Drummer Boy. Drummer Boy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people uh, request him. I've been trying to get a hold of him because I want I want to get him on here and I want to shine light on what he's doing because. I do believe that a lot of people find that guy talented, you know, and these are these are like the next generation yeah. coming up, you know. Now, back to the stuff you're working on today with Spanish Fly. Is, is Spanish Fly coming out with a new record? Yeah, definitely. Okay. We already uh we already put our feet on it and we we did a couple tracks already. Okay. And then um I'm finishing up my project right now, maybe like a couple more tracks on it and then I'm shutting it down and just focusing on the fly. Okay. Now, 
um, the Spanish Fly, is it going to be an album or EP? It's going to be an album. Okay, and how many songs can we expect off of that? At least at least 10 to ten to 13. We'll just make it 13. <laughs> the Big 13, we'll name it that. We'll do that. 13. You hear me, boys? 13. The Big 13. Okay, now, any features uh, on that album? Or maybe you don't want to give them away. Just a squad right now. Okay. Features and I, we haven't reached out or nothing. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you this, because when people think of Spanish Fly, here's what they think. Essa Rich Rock, Daz and Tricks. Okay. Did you ever get any slack for, you guys are not the original Spanish Fly? I got slack in the beginning, but it, it was because um, during that break, um, they came out with that OG Spanish Fly, that um, that shit, but that shit was, that shit wasn't original. But um, the slack, no. It, yeah. I would say, I would say, yeah, okay. bro. We got it in the beginning because at that time we were, I would say, because um, like they were rocking certain shit, like, like, like corner rolls and shit like that at that time, which wasn't what you couldn't do. Right. Right. And so we got a lot of heat for that. We got a lot of heat for uh, the certain styles that we're putting out. That's hot right now. So, right. But that shit wasn't. That shit got us a lot of slack before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Corn rolls and everything? Well, yeah, they had, you know, that Daz and, and, and Fino had their little hair hooked up. Oh, like shit. the little braids and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, little braids and shit. Not corn rolls, but like braids. Nah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but they did. They Look it up. You guys can Google that. it. Yeah, yeah. They got they got some slack behind that. And, 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 and why was that? If that was just their style, like, like why would they get slack? Yeah, everybody does that shit now, but yeah. that was, at that time, that shit wasn't Chicano rap. But it was, right. it was just a hairstyle, man. It ain't like... You know what I'm saying? But hey, but shit got addressed. People had a problem and got addressed. And, right, right. And you know. Now, now, OG Spanish Fly has nothing to do with. Nothing at all. Nothing with, at all. It's okay. a marketing scheme they did to okay. make a profit off it, which they did make some money off it. Mm -hmm. But it was a marketing scheme. It has no attachment to Spanish Fly at all. And the back from the desert was disrespectful. And we have no ties to that shit at all. So. Wow. So was that name taken from Spanish Fly? Or? No, it, had a, it, was, um, it wasn't taken. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was just uh, two I would say two people having disagreements, okay. and one wanted to take from his plate. Okay, so that's what it was right there. Okay, the reason why I bring that up is because people have actually requested OG Spanish Fly. When I think OG Spanish Fly, that's the Rich Rock, you know, tr yeah, Tricks yeah. and Daz or whatever. That's, well, that's the original Spanish Fly, right? So that's, that's when they say that, right? The OG Spanish Fly is Spanish Fly. That, that's just they tacked that on OG on so they can market it the name. Right. That's what made it at that time. So it was a, it was just a way to not get sued at that moment, if you think about it. Right. So, right. yeah. Okay. Now, uh, the stuff that you guys are doing right now, how was the response, bro? Because, you know, again, we come a long way from as a, uh, Rich Rock to now. Obviously, it's a different group, different members, different style. Do you consider this style Chicano rap? It's um, it's a label Chicano rap. Okay. It's a it's a it's a an evolved version of Chicano rap. Because we're always going to be labeled that. Right. But it's the evolved version of it. Because yeah. we represent our culture to the fullest. Absolutely. It's just we rap a certain way. There's some Spanish in it, too. We have Moog spinning in Spanish. I throw a couple words here and there. Daz. Like, it's Chicano rap, but an evolved version of it. That's dope. That's dope. I know you guys have that one song that you guys released the last time you guys were here. Remember you guys filmed it in that house? Oh, yeah. It came. I saw that song is fucking hard, bro. Yeah, and hard. if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Yeah, I came, I saw. Okay. Land Beast. Now, since then, you guys haven't released a video yet, huh? No, we just did one with Concrete. That's just going to be, that's okay. going to come January. We're going to drop that. Okay. It's called Ride With Me. Okay, Ride that's, With You? Ride, yeah, Ride With Me and the okay. homies. That'll Ride work. And um, 
Uh, who produced that one? Is it Daz? That's a Daz. Okay, and everybody raps on it? Everybody, even Daz on it. No shit. Yeah, he, 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 he spit some flows on that shit. Okay, well, you're going to have to give me a sneak peek because uh, you guys invited me to the video shoot yeah. and I was like out of the city. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't make it, but I need to listen to it, bro. No, definitely. I know the shit's going to be fucking banging, bro. So I already know. Because you know what? I listen to like guys like you, Mokes, and Amin's, and all of you guys can fucking spit, bro. And I'm just tripping that more shine hasn't been shined on you guys, bro, for yeah. all the lyrics and the skills that you guys have. But that's what we do here is shine light on Rasa, bro. Shine light on groups that normally wouldn't get the uh, um, the shine, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so now that one is going to drop uh, in January, the video. Mm -hmm. And then right now you're also working on your stuff. Yeah, my project. Uh, okay. My arms in a, I haven't titled it yet. But it's gonna that shit's gonna drop late January, maybe early February, for okay. sure. Okay, like pretty close to the yeah, it's getting close to it. All the all the songs are just about mixed down and, and ready to go. Okay, and it's 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 gonna be fire. EP or album? Album. Okay, how many songs? Thirteen. Thirteen songs. Thirteen Keep again. Thirteen. <laughs> thirteen bars. Thirteen songs. Everything. Thirteen. Any features? Uh, right now, I have a uh, Crook the Felon. He came through, and then my my boy and mean I have the group all over my album. No so shit. that's that's mandatory. Crook the Felon came out of San Diego. He's fire. No fast fucking songs, dude. Fire. That's dope. And then I'm then I'm working with Hectic right now too. He's gonna jump on it too. Okay. Hectic's gonna be on that shit. Hectic, Hectic, Hectic. Was on your show, man. Hectic. Yeah, dude. On pants, man. You know what? I know a fire. guy named Hip Hypnotic. Hectic. So yeah, you know. So yeah, he's dope. As a matter of fact, I think he's he just. Dope. I think he just shot me his video like on the DM to promote it. So I gotta dope. do that. Yeah. So okay now. Possibly late January, early February, right? You, have, uh, you say you, no title yet? No title yet. Uh, you got an album cover? You got any videos for that? Uh, videos? Uh, I did I did one video, Press the Line. Mm -hmm. I did that one too over here in, over here in Wilmington. That's out right now. The video's out, the single's out. It's That's another one by Concrete. Concrete does all my shit. No shit? Yeah. The okay. only other video I did was a Spanish Fly Cypher with OG Pamps. Okay. That's the only okay. other person to record my videos. That'll work. That'll work. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and press pause right there. We're going to come back, take a 10 minute break, and we'll finish it up talking about your album. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, everybody. Once again, uh, take a 10 minute break. Call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that Johnny D is in the motherfucking house. Spanish fly. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody, to Rhodium Radio, episode 120. And uh, we're here with Johnny D. What's up? What's up? Hey, before we get started, I need you to do something for me. I need you to do that. This is. Oh, shit. Do it, do it. Come on, come on. This is your deal on Rhodium Radio. 110 self in your mouth. Let's keep it pushing. <laughs> that shit is dope. That shit is dope. Okay. Yeah. During the break, um, you wanted to elaborate a little bit more on meeting or joining Spanish the, Fly uh, back group? in 2002 because I know there's a little bit more to the story. Yeah, yeah. There was a well, let's um, let's start with that. Um, it was me and Daz working on a project, and what even Grim Grim was part of it too, also. No, shit. yeah, Grim was part of that. Shit. It was 310 Suspects, and um, we even did a couple songs. We had Miss V on a track. We um, it was just we had probably like six, seven tracks, they're straight fire, and that kind of and then I guess Daz was focusing on the fly because he was the group was originally him. Ace and Fino, and then Nick D was part of it. 
Nick D, I don't want to say I replaced Nick D because Nick D was he was killing it too, but he kind of took a step back from it. And then um like I was always a part, like just helping him, like going in there and just jumping on tracks, like I said, just and then um they asked me, hey man, you should you should put Johnny on. Right. And they asked me and I said, Hell yeah, I'll be a part of that. I'll be a part of Spanish Fly. Right. And that was um and that's they were already they already had a signed deal for the for the name with um Ilob and Kool-Aid, Silent Giant. So they're already signed to them. Really? So all I did was all they did was just add me to it. So I jumped on that and just started going full blown with the project. Okay. And at the time it was uh the it was uh who was it? Shadow was signed to the label and we were. So they had the, we were the two artists. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Now, how did Daz and them get signed or do you know the details? You know what? Like I don't what I don't know the details, but um I just remember that uh, that they were just dropping tracks like crazy. And it was it was dope. So when they when they offered me to be a part of it, I was like I was on it. And then when Kula Edo, they showed me a lot of love at, you know, at the time too. And then um, Javi uh, Javi Lopez was pro uh, producing the whole of, the whole album. Yeah. And he put some Javi Lopez had some fire. And um, and then so it it was it was a a cool transition to from where I was to that. And it was a quick transition because I was just like a like a backyard rapper, but I was I was killing it. Right. So I was talented. So Dad's always said that he's like, man, this this kid is fucking. He's coming with the heat. Right. So when he put me on, I was like, man, I'll, I'll do. I'll, I'll get on and just, just get it popping. Yeah. About how old were you at that time? I was uh, when I first started with him. Damn, I was like 19. I was 19 years old when I started with him, and um, I, I, I've been doing music, but when I when I linked up with them, I was 19. Right. And right. then I just I just started killing it with him. Now, and then now, were you the youngest guy out of the, out of the group? Yeah. No yeah. shit. Yeah, way, way, way younger. Nah, I'm with you, dads. Nah, I wasn't way younger, but I was younger. I was the youngest one, so I was the baby of the group. I was like, uh, like barely 21 when we started doing shows and shit. So they didn't have to, they didn't have to leave me in the car and shit with the window cracked, you know? Right, right. So, but right. I, I was, I was there. So, and then we we started doing the tour and all that. They, it was blown. Pocos Pero Locos was blowing up at that time. Okay, and at the time it was just Spanish Fly and. Shadow, was, yeah, shadow. Okay, yeah. who came next? If you could remember, like this after that, yeah. Uh, well, we got, we kind of, well, the Spanish fly name stopped. Okay. They kept running with Daz. Daz was pushing it. He was, he was killing it. He had some dope ass singles. It was, uh, it was more pushed to radio. So my boy was all glamoured up and shit. But he was killing it. Daz was killing it. You said glamoured up, glamoured up and shit. Okay, but um, he was, he was killing it. Daz had the Daz, MTV two. He was, he was everywhere. The Latin Grammys. No shit. Fucking Daz was everywhere, dude. He was doing it. I was like, what the fuck? Give me a well, you, got, you gotta give him his flowers, so that's why we're talking about yeah, this, you give know? Me a couple tracks, fool. But um, yeah, he doing um and then that's when reggaeton hit too. Yeah. So you gotta remember, right? Um I would say my opinion on it, I think reggaeton took uh took the front seat on that and kind of put Chicano rap a little behind. Really? I think. I think because right. your, your opinion. My opinion. Because you know, people could people could say that shit stopped and um it didn't know it just it took a back seat to that. That shit was popping. Anything to get these girls' asses shaking was popping. You can't you can't knock them on that. No. So so I I think the that Elam and Kool-Aid went a different direction. Oh, okay. my opinion. In right. my opinion, but it's, it's right. kind of facts. You fucking see it. So right, right. So they, you think that at first they were pushing the Chicano rap? Yeah. And well, then pretty much when reggaeton came in, yeah. it pretty much like this is more of a money maker, bigger market. Well, yeah. it's a business move. Yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. it's a business move. You, you know, if that's what they did, you can't blame them for that. I get yeah. it. I understand it. Okay, so now 
That album drops, uh, The Spanish Fly. Yeah, Crime so, Agony. Uh, how long did you guys tour? Or how far did that album take you guys? We were uh, linked on to the tour, you know, being part of the label, we had we had a, like, front stage, like, presence, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we were on radio, we had re- regular radio play, it was uh, Smoker's Paradise. Okay. It had a, it had a good play. It got played, uh, the Baker Boys played, I remember that. I remember when they, were, they were bumping that shit when they were in, um, damn, I don't know if they were, they were in the northern area, I think. Uh, they uh, had that shit in rotation. Bakerfield? Yeah, they had it in rotation. Yeah. That was dope, I remember that. And then, um... It was getting regular play on power. Mm-hmm. Now, before you guys did tours, did you ever uh, perform before? Um, at house parties in the hood right here. <laughs> I was killing it. But I know what I, my, uh, my natural performance is because dude, I used to DJ around here, house parties in Wilmington. And we might as well party over here. So I would grab the mic and fucking just put a beat on it and just kill it. Rap you on you it. used to DJ? Yeah. I, I DJed because. Mom seen the opportunity and everybody, we always had parties and shit. So she saw like, hey man, this this is easy money. You gotta fucking take care of the weekends and you know, get that money. Right, right. So she was motivated. So when you, when your parents motivated to get your equipment, you're right. blessed. Cause she bought all the equipment like fucking one day and, and she's like, you're gonna be a DJ. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be a DJ, that's it. And for our parties, all the parties we have, you're gonna DJ. Wow. And then she took me to get records. That's when VIP was still popping. Yeah, we have people. Yeah, PCH. and there was another record store over there in um, down PCH, in um, like the Harbor 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 City area. Um, VP was it VP? Oh no, no WP no. or something WP like WP Records. WP yeah. Records. I remember independent record uh, store yeah. right there. Yeah, I remember them. Wow, I haven't heard that. Fuck, I haven't heard of that. That's a, that's when, like, I had like well, I would say bring it, this is going back, but this is um something I gotta speak on. I had a little like before I met Daz, I had a little group. Mm-hmm. It was called uh, U-Dub, like Uncivilized. It's uh-huh. called Uncivilized. And um, I had my boy Angel. I had uh, my boy uh, uh, Draft. I had uh, Smokes. And we like we did a bunch of, we did a bunch of like tracks around here. That's what kind of got a buzz. Okay. It got, it got a buzz for that because it was, um, because it was rapping over just like uh, record instrumentals. Right. And then I had a little Philip Burner. Like the little Philip one, just once one, you get a, a DVD, no, a CDR. Right. You put that shit in, record, and then for you to dub the track, you had to put another fucking CD in, record over it. You had it. That's what that was Mike Dubby. So, so I, I would do it like that. So, but we were we were fucking buzzing. We had like uh like five six tracks. No and shit. Then I would, yeah, and then I would uh I would burn them, and then my my little brother used to take them to Banning. Hmm. Hand them out, sound for a dollar or two and shit. And, and and what was the buzz you guys got got from that? Local buzz, man. It's local buzz. Yeah. But it was like you heard, you would hear like little mixtapes in the hood. You'll hear like like my shit on there and the the U Dub on there, and then you'll hear uh like Spike was on that shit. They had Spike on that. They had the the local homies around here too. Um, uh, Tooney Tunes was on that shit. Um, a, a bunch of fools. The homie that was in um. Mexiclan too, Carlos. He was in, he was part of Mexiclan after Mokes. Yeah, he was on that too. It was this local stuff. It was popping though. That's dope. So it made a buzz. And then when they heard me, they're like, "Oh, I remember those tapes." When Dad's heard, right. I remember those little those little tapes you had around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So that was that was popping. Now, now, do you still have any of those tapes? Damn, I have. Uh, I probably have like one CD like to the side. But uh, shit, man, if you guys got them, shoot them because I need that shit. Now, now, how old were you when you dropped those? I was I was like a uh, fresh out of high school or like. I was at the end of high school, so I was like 17, 18. 17, 18 years old. Yeah. You went to Banning. Once a pilot, always a pilot, right? Always a pilot. Will Farrell said it best. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. He gave us yeah. a shout out. Yeah, he gave us a shout out. Um, okay, so now uh, let's go through. You guys will start doing shows with or through Silent Giant. Okay, yeah. you guys take the stage. They give you the mic. Let's go. Do you get nervous? You know what? Once I step, once I put that mic in front of me and I started rocking it, I, I was, I wasn't nervous. I killed it. I, I felt that um, I, I was, I was really confident when it came to performing. See, I, I was, I wasn't like, okay, we have like the group now. My boy Mokes is a motherfucking hype man, jump fucking off stage, fucking you know, just killing it. Right. What uh, at that time it was Fino was like that. Rest in peace, Fino. He was the one that was a fucking turn up, but I was right there behind him, like right, I was right, right there right. killing it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but yeah, I was I wasn't nervous. Now, uh, did, did did you ever um how would you say ever forget your lyrics, bro? Um, act uh sometimes. Sometimes I would I would I would, I would jump off for a second, but I jump right back on. I we never got to a point where we got booed off stage. We never got to a point where we um where never. We, where we, no, we didn't. We had shit thrown on the stage. <laughs> but I just pick it up and drink that motherfucking brand new bottle. I, no, they could do whatever, <laughs> throw shit. But yeah, I remember that they threw shit on stage. I still remember that. But you see big ass brawls on stage too and all that. No we, shit. We, we got our flowers when we we're doing the fly shit. No shit. Remember that that focus but logo shit was popping. Like there's a lot of shit that people don't like about it, but it was popping at that time. Yeah, at that time. So now, and that was around what 2002, 2003, four. Nah, four or five, a little bit up more to like I think I don't know. I would say like almost like six, seven, and then it's done. And it wasn't done, but it was it was they're doing like interviews and shit. Oh, so they, they pretty much like revamped their whole. Yeah, they revamped the whole thing, and they went straight like uh, streaming, I guess, or something. Like that. They were doing like interviews. They have King Lil G and shit on there. Mm. Yeah, and then okay. Dad interviewed and a bunch of other artists. That'll work, man. Okay, now um, you guys tour. How far did that take you guys? Like, like where could you say you guys went? Uh, I'll say um, like Seattle, more like Texas, Arizona. Okay, and um, a bunch of other places. I, I can't remember exact. But right. we did some big, some big, um, big arenas. Like we, I think, it, I don't know if it was in, um, Houston. Okay. Where we did like a big old festival, like a park, and it was like, like four or five like setups. Around. Really? Yeah, we did it with um, we had uh, people there from um, uh, SPM's camp. Oh wow! Yeah, the Dope House. Yeah, they were doing shit with us too, and then um, it was a bunch of a bunch of big artists, man. From Chingo Bling to, to. Even Nida was there, Nida and um, even um, who was there? Uh, Omar Cruz was Omar Cruz was Blunt's law back then. He was signed uh -huh. to Ruthless. He was killing it. Diamonique yeah. was Diamonique was signed to Street Life. She was killing it. Diamonique was fucking hard. Yeah. And then um, um, who else was there? Damn, wow. can't remember. But there was there was a lot of people there. Mexican, like I said. Yeah. Well, what was the biggest crowd or the biggest audience you've ever performed in front of? Uh, we did a show in Seattle. And I remember that shit because it was in the paper. We did a show in Seattle. And it was a, it was a the venue was kind of it was a couple thousand in the venue. Right. And, um, and right the week be, the week before prior they had I think it was um, I don't know if it was Ludacris or was it? No, it was um who was Chingy signed to? You remember Chingy? Yeah, I don't remember. Totally. Yeah, but I mean, whatever whoever who was signed to it was Chingy and whoever who was signed to they had they had a big crowd. You know they had the brothers there um right right before the week before. Yeah, and the. We we sold that that we sold that shit out. No we shit. sold it out. They didn't sell it out. We sold it out. No, I shit. remember that. Like it was Spanish. It was the, the tour. We sold that shit out, and it was. They were talking about that the land community was only a, per, a small percentage. And it's like every fucking one was there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody came to support, yeah. which was dope. It was in the paper and everything. 
Yeah, see, today you cannot say that the Latin community, when I say Latinos, you know, the Chicano community, yeah. it's it's small or a small percentage. You can't say that, bro, because especially here in L.A., bro, we are a hip-hop's economy. I even go as far as saying California, yeah. we are a hip-hop's economy, bro. But you know what? Um, we, somebody said it here best. Chicanos are the greatest fans in the world, bro. Yeah. Are the greatest fans in the world. Uh, I just wish that we would support each other more. And stop all the bullshit ass hating. I agree. You know, but you know what? I'll save that towards the end. Yeah. But now, you guys leave that alone. Uh, you're no longer on Silent Giant. Silent Giant, no. Okay. You go to work. Daz continues. Yeah, Daz pushes. Okay. Now you're back. Um. Yeah. No, now I'm back, yeah. <laughs> I'm back now. Yeah, but um, it's, it was a long ass break. I, I kind of regret it. I wish I would have continued because there right. was a lot of opportunity and a lot of things could have been movies, could have been other stuff. Right, so. right. Okay, now, um, is, speaking about movies, uh, well, no, no, he didn't make it. Oh, yeah, he was in the movie. Did you get a, a lot of slack last time I said that you look like Anton LaVey? Ah, nah, that, that evil Vato? <laughs> that Satanist. I got, I got a lot of slack. Well, you make the shit, voice, bro. Like, hey, man, good looking fucking evil guy. That's what it is. He looks like me. He's a good looking motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But, um, nah, I didn't get a lot of slack. It was funny. It was, hey, no, is that picture still up on your Instagram? Yeah, I ain't going to leave it. It's there, man. You can check it out. With the giant Cheeto. Yeah, the How did you say Cheeto. it? It's uh, that's nah, like your deal with the giant Cheeto. Man, hey, when I fucking first heard that, bro, I thought like, what the fuck was that? But that shit was dope, though. I like it was that. uh, it was inspired by you know what? I was listening to that fucking um, uh, what's deal the the guy from uh, what is it, ninety two point three back in the days, mm -hmm. and I was hearing the shit, and I heard that um, that drop by Ice Cube, and I was like, oh fuck, that fool had he had. I remember when he um, when they didn't know what he was, they didn't know he was, they didn't know he was um, his nationality. They right. thought he was a black guy. So Everybody when they found out who that. he was, they still gave him his flowers. Yeah, the, yeah. the bitches are still on him. But they're just like, oh shit, I didn't know he was a fan. You know? uh, uh, I saw a meme of him one time <laughs> where they said that he was the first catfish. Because everybody yeah. thought that he was something yeah. else. Uh, there's there's catfishes, but they still they, he still got him. He still got the bitches after. You can't knock him on that. Yeah. He still got him. It just it's, it's it was a different look. It's different what they expected. Right, right. That is a catfish though, you're right. Okay, okay. So, you know what? Okay, really quick. When you said you DJed and your mom got you the equipment, uh, did you, were those turntables, were they CD players, or what was it? It was the, it was, I had a clean little, a clean little deck as a, it was a dual CD player. Uh-huh. So I had the dual CD player to go, you know, to mix on it, and I had the two records, I had techniques. I don't even know which ones they were, because I wasn't even into it, I just know that they were fucking techniques. And I was fucking it up. I, I learned how to ghetto scratch, I learned how to blend songs decent they were i wasn't the best but i wouldn't i wouldn't shit on a party okay you said ghetto scratch what exactly is a ghetto scratch done that shit's done oh just throwing shit yeah in. just throwing shit not like i'll fucking tearing it up like you and dad's and shit oh, i would i was just ghetto scratch move the next song right, you know, right. keep the shit going okay now do you still dj today oh, no nah, man do you I still try they'd be like hey dj for him like i can't do that shit i haven't done that shit in a long ass time i'll ruin the fucking party dude I can't, nah, no DJing for me. I'll play a, I'll play a CD with, that's already mixed. Right, right, right. And that's your DJ right there. Pay me. Oh, most DJs today fucking get paid a lot of money and just sit back there and and play pre-mixed sets already. Oh, shit. Well, fuck it. I'm a DJ. A, a lot of yeah. those dudes do. They download that shit from YouTube yeah. and play that like shit. DJ. Yeah. 500. Now, does Daz still DJ for the group? Um, We haven't got to doing shows because of COVID. Right, he right. Probably, he probably will. Okay. But, um, you know. My boy's a he's a busy man, so he'll 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 do it from here and there, from here and there, like from time to time when he has it when he, you know when he's able to do it. Right. But yeah, he's just. You know what's fucked up, man? Is because this whole pandemic, bro, and believe me, um, 
I know there's people out there that are have suffered and passed away from this pandemic, and my condolences to them. Yeah. But for a lot of artists that their livelihood depends on performing and, sh you know. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that this is more important than people's lives. I'm not saying that. But in the industry, people depend on performing, touring. Definitely. You know, uh, um, go meeting and greeting and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so I kind of wonder, is this going to be the new norm? You know, uh, we didn't like, we didn't depend on doing shows because we haven't got to that point. Right. My boy, any means, been doing shit forever. He never stopped. He continued off. But he has a big following already. So when we do shows, it's not going to be a problem because Spanish Fly has that big following. We have that sick-ass album out. Yeah, We have a bunch of spitters, and we can go out there and just, I know we could rock it because we all have experience in it. It's right. just dusting off the cowboys for me and Mokes, but Mokes is a savage. That motherfucker, he's fucking everywhere. He doesn't shit off. He's, he's been dusting it off doing these videos, if you see. In the next video, you'll see him just tearing it up. And every video he does, he kills it. So, and then any means he already has it down. Yeah. So it's just yeah. me and Dad's basically dusting off the cob cobwebs and shit, you know. Right, right, right. But right. It, ain't, it ain't gonna be a problem. And then when that shit comes, it's gonna be because we got shit lined up. I mean, because I know you guys come lyrically, bro. Yeah. And, and I like that. I really, really like that. Now, back in the day, and I say back in the day, we're talking about late '80s, well, even mid '80s, late '80s and early '90s. There were dudes that used to call each other out, like as far yeah. as bar for bar. Me not being a rapper, do people still do that today? Today, no, no. To, to be honest with me, let me tell this story. It's funny talking about bar to bar. Uh -huh. I remember when um, remember uh, Felly Fell used to have that that rap thing, that rap contest mm -hmm. on where where he'll play that um um woe beat. Okay, yeah, I was on that shit like two times, fucking it up. I I fucked that up. No yeah. shit. And then when he had all those contests where he'll go to like <clears throat> Foot Locker and shit, um, I would go to that shit and I won two of those. I won two of those contests where I got like a free pair of shoes, a hundred dollar gift card or some shit. Now you would go to the store. I would go to the store where they would, he would be there. Okay. Set up for power. Okay. And then people just battle and I was battling people and I was oh, the only shit. Latino there and I was killing them. No I was shit. Them. We'll drive up. My boy will take me out there. He'll force me to do that shit. Like, Hey dog, you're too talented. Go out there and show him how to fucking freestyle. And I was, I was, I was a sick ass freestylist. Yeah. No shit, man. Now. Okay. Here's the interesting thing that I've learned from rappers. I've, I've seen many rappers that are dope freestylists, like dope, but cannot write a song. Yeah. What, what I mean by write a song, it's almost like they're better and more at freestyling, okay? And yeah. then, of course, there's mm -hmm. rappers that can write a dope-ass fucking song, but can't freestyle. There's, okay? There's a lot like that, man. Performances, too. A lot of people can perform their ass off when their song's not even that great. Yeah. Dude, like, I, like no, I, I don't know anybody. Like, no, no, you just see it. Like, you see right. some people are better performing than, or perform their song better than the than their fucking recorded version of it. Mm, okay. Now, uh, and then, like, I've met singers, singers that have a dope voice, have a dope voice, but can't write shit. Oh, like, yeah. So they need somebody to, yeah. what we call today, ghostwrite. Yeah, I'm fucking ghostwrite. And then I know people that can write dope-ass songs, but can't sing or don't have the voice. Yeah. You know, and believe me, I worked with a lot of them because I teamed some up. I'm like, I know you can sing, but this girl has the voice. You got to, you know, that's now. Are there rappers like that where you got to be like, this guy has a voice, but I'm going to get somebody to write for or I'm going to write for you. I, I don't fuck with them. I don't have nobody on the squad that does that. So there probably is some rappers out there. I know there are some rappers out there, but I don't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, we ain't part of that. Oh, okay. We now all write our own shit. And 
Okay, we'll now, fuck it up. We kill the game. I'm gonna ask you a goofy question because I have yeah. to ask you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I know it's kind of like a dumb question, but I have a point to it. Uh, have anybody ever wrote for you? No. I got like a word, an idea of a word, but wrote for me, no. Okay. Ha- I want to write our own shit. Have you ever ghost wrote for anybody? Fuck no. I would I would say it too. I'd be like, man, this motherfucker right here ain't writing shit. You know, I've, you know, nah, but I haven't ghost wrote uh, right for anybody. You, you you know what's funny? Cause back then, like during the NWA days, Easy E clearly said, Ice Cube rest of rhymes that I say. Oh yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, oh, okay. Hero, cool. hero, Dre's, all that. Everybody's. Well, 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 the thing was because Easy E never denied that he was not a rapper. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he would say, I'm not a rapper, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, here's the funny part. Even though he rapped on my mixtapes, some were eight bars, some were 16 bars. Yeah. He would write his shit to rap to the Rhodium mixtapes. So when I would see him in my bedroom and he would write, get busy with easy and Tony A on the 12 techniques. See, it's a steal. And Steve is promoting yeah, a yeah. dope ass shit by the wizard at the road. Like he wrote all that shit. He wrote his shit. Yeah. And, and when he rapped it, he was on time. But I'm like, fuck. And all these guys tell me that he can't, he couldn't rap. He was not a rapper. I thought he, I thought he was. Well, he probably got, he got used to it. Yeah. You know, he's learning from Dre. Right. And everybody, you know that he's going to get used to it. And MC Rand wrote his shit too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, remember, you think about it, like maybe Dre was real, like technical and what he said, like maybe that wouldn't have been good enough for what right. he was putting. So he made him rewrite or he'll have Q fucking put the little touches to it to make it better. Right, right. But yeah, so, you know, Dre, is, you just yeah. imagine how technical he is and how he, exactly. he, he critiques what you spit and make you write that shit over like 10 times. Right. Just right. to get it a certain way. Okay, now, because uh, we're running out of time. Um, what can people... Or once again, just refresh their memory on when the Spanish Fly album is coming out and when uh, your album will be dropping. Just kind of okay. recap it a little bit. All right. My album is going to be dropping late January, early February. And that's going to be on 110 South Music. My boy Daz is pr- uh, producing the whole project. I'm going to have the Fly on that shit and a couple special guests on that too. Okay. And um, and then the Spanish Fly album, uh, we, we've been touching on it. We've been doing it because we all got... My boy, Any Means, got his project going. It's going to be dope. Most has his own project. He's doing with Any Means, too, also, and with Daz. And then I'm doing mine. But we're we're working the fly in between all that. So right now, we have, like, three, four tracks for it that we already done. And we have, um, and then, we're, so we're going to drop that. I would say the way that we work, um, I would say to be done, like, maybe, like, in about four months from now. Okay. The fly one that I'm pretty sure to be out. Okay. Okay. Well, I know your Instagram's been popping up so people can follow you. Yeah. Uh, now, if anybody hits you up and asks you, hey, bro, I need you to ghostwrite for me, would you? Nah. I'll you, say yeah and I'll just put that, sh- I'll put them on fucking Instagram and tell me he needs to write his own shit. Okay. Yeah, why? I, I know, but if they're willing to pay you, why wouldn't you? Ah, fuck. You better, a couple G's, shoot it. No shit. I'll write one song for you. But I, you have to say my name on it. No shit. Yeah. To say my name on that shit. Well, can... well, what if he says, uh, I'll give you like two G's. I, I want you to write a whole fucking song, but I don't want nobody to know that it's you. Would you, would you... I'll, I'll ghostwrite for fucking Cardi B or one of them. You give me that bread. Right. But I ain't going to ghostwrite for nobody. You got you to gotta do your own shit. You got, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Okay, now, at this point, any uh, uh, shout outs you want to give? Shout outs. Right. Take your time, bro. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my cousin right here with me, Papito in the house. You know it. I want to give a shout out to the squad, Spanish Fly, my boy Any Means, Mokes, Daz. I want to give a shout out to everybody in U-Dub, my boys. I know you're watching this shit right now. You should be. If you ain't, you better. Better turn it on. Rewind it. I want to give a shout out to all my kids, all six of them. 
No shit. Yeah, my kids are out there. Yeah. Chilling at the house right now. You've been busy. Yeah, I gotta stay busy. That's that break I took, huh? Fucking six kids, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna give a shout out to my girl. Without her, it ain't possible. Hey. She's supporting me from beginning until just forever. Right. So she's my rock. And then I wanna give a shout out to to everybody from Wilmington, man. I wanna give a shout out to you for having Hell me. Hell yeah. Huh? Thank you, brother. So we must thing. I wanna Hell give a yeah. shout out to my boy Rusty. That's for sure. R.I.P. in the video, you know, I got that one. My bad, Tony. R.I.P. music video coming soon. It's uh with me, Daz, and um and any means, and I have a remix, a San Diego remix. My boy, um, my boy Crook the Felon on it, and another special guest gonna be on it too. Okay. So that shit's coming too. So that'll work. Hey, you know what? You know who just walked in the building? And my boy Dracky too. My boy Dracky. How straight. You know who just walked in the building? Yeah. Play the bill. My boy, play the bill. Okay, everybody. So once again, we're gonna go ahead and take a ten minute break. Make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. And let them know that Johnny D of Spanish Flies in the motherfucking house. So we'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. And welcome back, everybody, to Rodin Beto episode 120. And this is the podcast that slaps your across your fat ass with a fat ass dick. So uh, we're going to go ahead and just jump into it with my very, very special guests all the way from Victorville, Play the Bill. Yes, sir. Play the bill. How you doing, brother? Good, man. Just chilling. Having Thanks. a good time right here. Bobby yeah. Now. How's the weekend so far? Shit, we've been partying. <laughs> no. Been partying, man. Well, you're, you're, you're a bit young, so yeah, you can party, man. Nah, yeah. The homies, man, we be, I be saying I'm going to chill out for a little bit, but the next thing you know, hey, let's go out. Fuck it. Let's go. We're doing the same old shit tonight. Yeah, okay. much. Okay, that'll work. And okay, so the weekend, let's go back to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Did you watch? You need to fight. The Canelo nah, fight. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, I I didn't watch it too, but I ended up just partying and forgot about it. No shit. Yeah. Are, are you a boxing fan at all? No, yeah, I, lo I love watching it. Okay, okay. Favorite fighters? Canelo's one of them. Uh, I grew, I mean, I grew up watching it with my pops. Everything, fucking back to the uh, De La Hoya, Mayweather, all them, you know. So it was, it was something cool to watch. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, now, I was talking to my boy Johnny because on Sundays I'm a big football guy. I either eat some pozole or some menudo, and I'll just watch yeah. football all fucking day. Sometimes, I mean, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. Do you have a, a favorite football team? Yeah, but they sorry, man, the Chargers. <laughs> but it was, I mean, I grew up watching them. My pops, right. my pops is from Mexico, raised in San Diego for a while, so the whole family just Chargers fans. Okay, okay. Now, how did you feel knowing, or did it even matter to you that they moved from San Diego? To LA. Nah, it didn't affect me in any way because I mean I'm not from San Diego. Okay. I just grew up watching them because of my family. Okay. Okay. So, Is it kind of weird calling them LA Chargers or do you just don't just call them the Chargers? Just Chargers to me, you know? Because mm -hmm. even when it was San Diego, I wasn't even like worried about San Diego or LA. It's just the Chargers because my pops grew up raising me watching them. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, now, are you a uh, basketball fan? Yeah, Lakers. Lakers. Baseball fan. Uh. I grew up playing baseball. No shit. Yeah. Any I, good? I was a third baseman. So I played I played for like ten years. Really? Yeah, from like six years old to about like tenth grade. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But as a team, I I I go for the Dodgers. I, I rock with them, but I don't really I don't say like, oh I'm a diehard fan for any team. Like you don't follow it religiously or anything like no. that. Okay, okay. Now um <laughs> I hate to even say this. Is there a team, and I hate to use this word because it's such a strong word, uh, in football because you like the Chargers. Yeah. Is there a team that it's a rival that you just hate? The Raiders. The Raiders. 
You know, that's how it goes. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's religious. It's mandatory. Right, right, man. Right. And I go, and that's, that's the thing, because I'll be with the homies right here. We always get together for the games. We drink and watch them, and we're always betting, just chilling and talking shit to each other. <laughs> okay, now, where originally are you from? Victorville. Victorville, yeah. okay. I mean, I know I announced that, but in case, because yeah. you said your father was from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, San Diego. Durango. Durango. Yeah. And uh, San Diego, and then Victorville. That's where you pretty much yeah, He moved out to Barstow. He was out there because my, my grandpa was a... Uh, with the the railroad Santa Fe, okay. So they moved out there, and then he ended up moving to Victorville. Okay, and uh, you never moved around. You Victorville my whole life, born and raised. I lived a little bit like in Ontario and stuff like that. After I I was like eighteen, nineteen, I moved out there for a bit. But I've been in Victorville my whole life. You ever plan like let me move to L.A. the city where it's busy? If the music pops off for me, like like I'm hoping it does, and I'm, I'm gonna have to. I think so eventually. No shit. Yeah, you know. To, well, one thing about LA, I like to I like to say this is Hollywood. That's yeah. what I like to call it because people. I mean, everything's out here, so everything is out here. Yeah. Back in the day, and I'll say this because I'm an older cat in the '80s, a lot of people wanted to go to New York because they thought that's the mecca of hip hop, mm-hmm. that's the mecca of rap, that's where it's at, that's where uh, b boying as far as breaking is concerned, that's where rap or hip hop started in the Bronx. Yeah. So everybody wanted to go out there. Now, in the mid '90s, I started meeting my legends, people you know like Grandmaster Flash, Curtis Blow, people that came out in the early '80s. Yeah. I met them all out here, and I'm over here like. Like, what are you guys doing out here? You guys are New York. Well, that's you know? pretty much what it is. Because, I mean, you think of all the artists that pop off over there. You know, right. they end up over here. L.A. And that's that. that's what it, that's what happened. They're all over here now. I got my boys that live in New York that now want to come and live over here. Like, this is where it's at. And this is, uh, uh, if I can just call it, uh, Hollywood, the place of opportunity, bro. You know, L.A. Well, definitely. If you're in that industry, this you, you need to be involved with this side. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Now, growing up in a Mexican home, what type of music would you say that you were raised with? Like, what would your mother or your father play? Like, I grew up on, I already knew when I heard it in the mornings, uh, hearing uh, the cumbias, it was time to get up and clean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. Waking up, um, I forgot the name, like Los Angeles or just uh, just those cumbia songs, you know, just... If I hear them, I know them definitely. But mm-hmm. I, as of names, because I don't bump them, nothing. Right, right. I would hear them. So mostly majority Spanish music. No, Spanish music and my pops on the old school, all that. Stevie okay. B, Johnny O, all that. Oh, so that was more like uh, freestyle music. No, yeah, my pops was into that. Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah. Your pops ever DJ or anything? Nah, nothing. Okay, because nah. a lot of, well, I know a lot of guys that lived out that way and they were more like freestyle DJs. They just played a lot of that expose, like in the songs that yeah, you yeah. Uh, mentioned. Now, um, <clears throat> you mentioned that you played uh, baseball yeah. uh, uh, growing up. you play any other sports? Uh, I, I played basketball like a year or two. I tried football for one year, but I stuck to baseball for the most part. All right, yeah. all right, that'll work. I started as a kid, like, def- like that was the first sport I played. And mm-hmm. I just, that's the one I stuck with. Okay. Uh, no soccer, no nothing like that? No. Okay. No football, nothing? I did football for one year. Oh, yeah? yeah. What position did you play? You remember? Um, defensive end, but it wasn't really my thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't stick to it. I didn't like it. Okay. Now, your earliest memories that you can remember when you first heard or you were introduced to rap music? So I was like probably five, six years old. Five or six years old. Do you like, remember? Yeah, like, I remember I was um, 
we were at a swami i was with my grandma and my mom was at work and i asked my grandma to buy me a cd she didn't know what it was it was mm-hmm. uh the dr dre chronic 2001. she bought it for me without knowing what it was i took it home i started bumping it my mom came home she heard what I was bumping. She whipped my ass and took that shit away. No shit. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? You know, she didn't, you just hear all the words and everything. I was just like, wow. she didn't stop me from it though. She so it, you, you were introduced <clears throat> to, if you will, hip hop through the Chronic album. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 94, born and raised, like born 94. So I was already, I was a little young. I was young, but I was already like paying attention to it and stuff, so. Right. Um, favorite song, if any, off of that album? Shit, I would say Fuck You. No shit? Yeah. Okay, okay. What was it about that song that stood out? It was just catching, just the beat, everything. Mine, I'd probably have to say G-Thing. Oh, yeah. No, that that's on... Um, oh, you're talking about 2001? 2001. Okay, my apologies. I'm talking about the first Chronic album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, G-Thing, that's, that's a classic. That's a fucking classic, yeah. bro. Fuck. Man, those, are, those, are, those two records, the first Chronic... The second chronic, I still say, changed music. No, like, they did definitely. Definitely Even to changed this day, music. Twenty yeah. years plus, they're still classic albums. Like, anytime it comes on, it's like it, the party's jumping. Yeah, man, I remember especially when I heard. Remember, uh, one eight seven on the undercover cop, because that was when Snoop was first introduced. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, just that fucking beat alone, bro. When they would come on, bro. Nah, that shit was cold back then. It's a lot different from now. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot different. Now, let me ask you this. Do you listen to a lot of today's artists? Yeah, no, not like mainstream. I listen okay. to a lot of like the the upcoming rappers, like the more on the on the gangster tip. Okay. There's a lot, there's still a lot of rap that's still on that side. Mm-hmm. And I, I stick to more to that. I don't really listen to the mainstream shit. Okay. So you don't really listen to too much radio then? No. Honestly, not at all. Really? Yeah. I stick to YouTube, whatever I find on YouTube, and I just right. Instagram whoever I come across that I think is dope. Uh-huh. I just rock with them. You know what? And, and that's one thing that I'm really learning a lot from this generation because I, I've gone to a lot of my friends' house, and none of their kids really listen to the radio, okay? A lot of them are on YouTube. That's where you find everything. Yeah, you know? As, I, I mean... As far as the radio, you're just going to... Any radio plays the same stuff back to back, whatever, like the, the main hits, you know? And, right. But a lot of that stuff is not even the, like the, it's just pretty much the pop stuff, I would say. Right, right. As far as rap, you don't hear too much of the rap shit on the no, radio. No, no. You're going to hear probably the same old 10 songs played over no, and over No, definitely. Even less, probably less than that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, because, you know, my generation, we grew up on radio. You know, we would turn the dial. Oh yeah. shit, that's the song right there, and we would have to wait and just just fucking surf the the radio stations yeah, yeah. just to find your song. Today, I know it's easier and it's probably better because of technology that we can just type in the song and listen to it anytime we want. No, yeah, definitely. Because I I can't say I've heard a new song on the radio that I was like, oh damn, dope. Because honestly, I don't remember the last time I put the radio on. Right, right. Yeah. You know. um, Here's what I think is different, and let me give you somewhat of a picture of what it was back then. And um, I think it'll help younger generation appreciate not only our generation, but what we, uh, the excitement that we went through when a new song dropped. For an example, say that today, I don't know, name any new artist, say, let's just say YG. Yeah. YG drops a new song, okay? 
we can go to YouTube right away or Spotify or all make platforms. That's I find out about it or Instagram. Right. right. And we hear it instantly. Yeah. Correct? Say that back then, um, when we're talking about late 80s or early 90s, or maybe sometimes even throughout the 90s, let's just say that NWA dropped the record, uh, a new album, okay? We literally would have to go to the record store, hope that they would have it, you know, uh, on vinyl or cassette or maybe even CD, okay? If they didn't have it, you go to another record store. Sold out. You go to another record store, you're sold out. Now you're calling up homies. Do you got that cassette? Yes. Can you dub it for me? I'll give you five bucks. Because yeah. we were dying to hear those songs. So the anticipation for hearing new songs was so, if you will, uh, we were passionate about our music. Swap Me, you mentioned it earlier, was a big thing for me and for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Steve Yano. He passed away. Uh, uh, may he rest in peace. I used to call him and I was like, hey, dude, do you have this record? Like, yeah. Okay, it would be like a Wednesday. I just heard it played on K-Day, which was a radio station back then. Comes uh, Saturday and I'll have it for you. I got to wait now three days. So it was a good thing and also somewhat of a bad thing, but the anticipation was great. No, yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I can't say I was really raised on that era, but I right. remember growing up, um, I was on LineWire, shit like that, trying, right. to, trying to cop whatever I could, but... I was already on a new, new, new era, you know, where I, I was finding stuff online, shit like that. But as far as like dubbing a tape and all that, I mean, I would burn everything right off the computer and shit like that. But as far as doing all that, having to go to the record store, nah, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, okay. So now, um, would you say, and I'm not saying you don't appreciate today's music, but would you say when it comes to rap, you're more of a old school head, like you? Definitely, like definitely. Now, now. Now, let me ask you this. You being a youngster, when I say a youngster, it's like you're younger than me. That's what I'm referring yeah. to. Um, what is it about the older music that you can appreciate or what is it that it has that it doesn't have today? It still is more real. More okay. real, more creativity. Uh-huh. More originality, you know? Okay, okay. And uh, now, I asked my boy uh, Johnny D this question and I asked pretty much every rapper, okay? Now, when it comes to uh, East Coast, do you listen to any East Coast music at all? Honestly, no. Okay. I would say, I mean, like you said, I, I'm, I'm from a younger crowd. Like, right. Probably, I mean, I fuck with Biggie, certain yeah. songs. Nah, I can't say I love everything about him, but Biggie. Okay. Um, and 50 Cent, that's probably when I got into it. You know, okay. when 50 dropped his first album, I was like in third, fourth grade. Okay. So, okay. That's pretty much, I got into that. But as far as like all the other shit, Wu Tang, all that. Right. Nah, I never really bought none of that. Right, it just really wasn't your style. Nah. Okay. Now, when it comes to West Coast, you're more of a West Coast cat. No, yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, if I were to ask you your top five West Coast albums, uh, if you could maybe, if if you can't name the albums, maybe name the artist. If you, and it, they don't have to be in order, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, your top five West Coast albums, at least in your opinion. I'd probably say Doggy Style. Okay. From from Snoop. Yeah. Even uh, The Last Meal, that one's a dope one. Okay. Dre for sure, The Chronic, uh, Tupac, most of all this stuff. Uh -huh. Um, I like the East Siders. Okay. Different stuff like that. But I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of right, them. Right, right. Off the top of the head, I mean, I can go on, but mm -hmm. I grew up listening to all the, all the West Coast. Now, you ever see any of those guys perform? Yeah, actually, um, I've opened up for, um, Dog Pound. All right. I've opened up for, um, 
I've opened up for Bone Thugs, Dog Pound, a lot of different artists, but yeah, I, I, one of the West Coast legends was Dog Pound. I opened up for them before. Okay. Now, I have to ask this because for some reason, people get my words jumbled up and they get their panties in a bunch. Um, uh, are you a fan of Chicano rap and do you consider yourself a Chicano rapper? I grew up bumping Chicano rap, definitely. You know, okay. like that was, they set the wave. Yeah. For sure. But. I mean, I know I, I probably feel like I was set in that category from the beginning, you know, but I'm if I am still in that, which I don't think I'm I'm trying to get out of it. No disrespect to them. You know, I got nothing but love for the OGs and everybody that, that made the way, you know, because I grew up bumping them. Lil Rob, Mr. Capone, Criminal, Lil Cuete, all them. I, I grew up bumping all of them. Yeah. But that's just not the lane I'm trying to stay in. Okay. You know? now, now, let me answer this because I think this is an important question. Um. Well, well, why not? Because you know what you just said. There's many people that will agree with you. Yeah. And then there's oh, many. Definitely. And then there's many people that will say, "Ah, oh, dude, what the fuck is this guy talking uh, yeah, about?" Yeah. But you know what? You're staying in your lane, and this is what you yeah. want to do. So. Because at the end of the day, like it closes doors for you. When you're just labeled in that, you're gonna stick to that. I just I'm trying to do this shit on a whole nother way, a whole route to where there's no limits to me. Right. You know? If if I get a beat right now and it it still sounds on that on that tip and if I could rip it I'm gonna do it you know because I'm gonna stick to the roots but I feel like I can do way much more than just that right so I'm I'm gonna go with whatever I feel I can do and I feel like I can do way more than that yeah but yeah. I have no no grudge no judgment towards whoever's doing that because at the end of the day that started a whole lane for us you know anybody that that was Mexican and rapped at one point was labeled that yeah. And whoever branched off, that's cool. You know, let 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 him do it. Whoever stood to it, that's cool too. Right. But I don't want to stay in that lane. Right. I don't. You know, and the majority of the people that I've interviewed, or even if I didn't interview them, but I know them like just on the street and they rap. Yeah. It's almost like it's 50-50. Many of them say, you know what? Yeah, I am a Chicano rapper. Some would say I'm a Chicano that raps. That's but what I, I would say I am, I think. But I don't consider myself a part of that <laughs> genre, okay? Yeah. And um, like for an example, uh, some people would say, you know what, uh, I don't want to be considered a Chicano rapper even though I'm Chicano. Can I consider myself just an artist? That's how I see it. That's how I think I should be because there's a lot of there's a lot of like Mexican, Hispanics, whatever race, but they're that, but they're they're way bigger, you know. There's, right. there's so many different artists out there. Right, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. The sad thing is that there are people that would get upset because they believe that you're not embracing who you are, but who you are is an artist. No, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, just because you're a Mexican, like there's there's a lot of the Chicano rappers or whatever that are just like banged out cholos, you know. Right. I mean, there's different styles and different categories to that. Right. And I just feel like, yeah, we may have grew up that way, but people evolve. Yeah. I don't want to stay that Oraleese rapper type, you know? Right. But right. like I said, you know, I have nothing against it because I'll still go back and bump the old shit I used to bump. Yeah. You know, every now and then when I'm feeling like going down memory lane or reminiscing, I'll still bump them, you know, shout out to them. Right, right. You know, you know it's kind of a shame that us just discussing, having a conversation about this offends people. No, it does, because it's definitely, you're, you're categorizing that. Yeah. And people feel like you got to stay to one, but there's so much out here that, that you can do to just stick to one yeah. one lane. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now let's backtrack a little bit. Around what time or, or what, how old were you 
when you first decided to take rap somewhat, like, let me just go ahead and dabble in and start writing. But how old were you? Were it's you probably like 15. 15 years 15, old? Yeah. Okay. Did anybody inspire you or encourage you? Were you hanging around with somebody? You said, fuck it, let me try it too. How did that come about? Yes, it started like, I, I, I met one, like an old homie in high school and uh, his cousin was rapping. He was rolling with a certain group that I ended up starting off with. Right. And I was just hanging out with them and they would tell me like, oh, you should try. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll play on like old, old school beats. Like the first rap I ever wrote to was a uh, Selly Sales going down. That's the first time I ever decided to write a rap was to that beat. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So I ended up just doing that. And for a couple years, I ended up just hanging around with them. And I would say after I was like 18, like right out of high school, I ended up going to the studio with them and I was just chilling, drinking, vibing. And they had a song. They like, they needed an extra verse. Oh, you got a, you got something for this? I showed them. They had me hop on, and, and that's when it went. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, you start writing. You start rapping. You let the homies hear it. What is the response that you're getting? Now that they was they were fucking with it. Really? Yeah. Cause in high school, I was just showing like the girls at school. You know, like oh, check this out. You right, know, right. showing homies just trying to show off. You know, trying to be cool. So I would fuck around at school, and then. That's what the first time I recorded, I was already out of high school. It was like right after high school. Okay. Now, when you say you recorded, uh, um, I like to ask a little detailed questions because sometimes it trips me out when I hear the way some of these artists recorded. Some people would say I recorded off of a karaoke machine. Nah, it was a legit studio. Like it was a, a legit studio. studio. Yeah, they they had their own they had their own shit going already. You know, they they were doing the thing for a while. Okay, so up to this up to this point, before you go to this legit studio, did you have songs already written and songs already produced, or were you just rapping off of instrumentals? I was just rapping. I just had shit written on my phone for whatever beat I was messing with. Okay. And, and when they hit me up with that beat and they showed me and I was there, that verse happened to match that beat. So I I got on and. It was cool. Okay. Now, what was that first experience like? The reason why I asked is this. I've met a lot of rappers that can rap their fucking ass off. Really fucking dope. Mm -hmm. But here's the difference. I like to tell people, because I learned this from Dre when he told other artists, you're a rapper, but I'm going to make you an artist. So when they stepped into the vocal room, they couldn't rap or stay on time because the majority of the time that they rapped, they freestyled and it was never really over a beat. Yeah. It was just like some cypher shit. Okay. Now they get into the studio and they have a hard time staying on beat. Did you have that problem? Honestly, not like I locked it in. Like as soon as I got in there, it just, it went. No shit. I tripped out on myself too. Cause I was tripping on my voice. That was the main thing. You know, I've never recorded anything. When I heard my voice, like, damn, that shit sounds weird. It's not me. But as far as like the delivery, like I had delivery down. Cause I already rapped, I had already showed that verse to like so many people, you know, like uh -huh. trying to just play it to everybody. So I had that verse, I didn't even have to read it. I had it locked down and I went in there, the beat went perfect with it, but the delivery was on point. I, I was just more tripping on my voice. I didn't think it sounded like me. Right, right, okay. You know what, and that was gonna be my next question because I like to ask people this question that uh, many times when they go into to the studio, they um, record, they play back, you listen, the majority of people have told me I didn't like what I heard. No, I was tripping. I was like, that shit don't sound like me, you know, but you get used to it, I guess, you know, because I, when we did that one, I ended up doing two songs that night, two songs. Okay. So my first time ever recording, I left with two tracks. Okay. And these are all you or? No, no, no. I was features on, on. Okay. On features. People's albums. Now, do these songs ever get released? Yeah. They're, they're on the, the other people's mixtapes. You know? Okay. I, I was originally from a, from a group. 
I started off with them, you know, but I just, I recently just branched off and started doing my own thing. Okay. Uh, and if you don't mind me asking, because sometimes I don't know if there was bad blood, uh, can you mention the name of the group? Yeah, it was uh, Ski Mask Mafia, MSM. Okay. Now, uh, so you pretty much branched out on your own. Yeah. But now when you, re they released those two songs on the mixtapes, what was the response on the street? I started getting some love, a little bit of love, you know, like, I mean, I was, I was the, the, the new cat on uh, part of the group and they didn't really know who I was, but I was getting good feedback. I yeah. posted it on my Facebook back then, my on, on the YouTube, and people were rocking with it. That'll work, man. That'll work. Um, today, um, well, before we get into what you're doing and what, what when people can expect new stuff from you or mm -hmm. whatnot, let's talk a little bit about that group. When did you join that group? About that time, I was like 18. I mean, I started kicking with them when I was probably like 16, 17. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't drop my first track with them until I was about 18. Okay, so this was pretty much you. You were with them for a, quite a while, then, if I'm correct. Oh yeah, long time. I mean, they they definitely showed me the ropes. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't. I probably wouldn't have been a rapper if it wasn't for them. To be honest okay. with you. Okay. Now you you had mentioned that you had uh, performed with uh, or opened up for other. It was artists. all with them. All the shows I did was with them. Okay, so now you go perform. Do you still remember the first time you went up on stage? Yeah, it was a trip. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, walk us through it. What, they give you the mic. Let's go. Well, at that time, um, they had their whole set. You know, they they were opening up. We were opening up for um, Bone Thugs, I believe. So this was your first show, then? Yeah, at the and it was a huge show. It was at the Observatory in Orange County. No shit. So it was it was it was packed. It was sold out. It was for Bone Thugs. Were you like? Oh, I was driven. I was I was I was eighteen. How, how, like me not being a rapper, how do you calm calm down for that? I just drank. <laughs> when I, you know, I just drank, drank, and I caught a cool buzz, but. Honestly, I can say I feel like I blacked out when I was up there. Not because I was drunk. It's just that I got up there and I was so nervous. I remember I, I only had one verse to spit because it was a group song we did. I was on there. When my time came on, I just remember I rapped it. Next, you know, I blinked and it was over. I don't remember. But no shit. We got love. Yeah. The first time it was like, I kind of just like, I don't know. You know, a lot of rappers have told me this. And once again, I'm not a rapper. But a lot of rappers have told me that time goes by fast when you're up there. Some people oh, yeah, said time goes by slow. You just can't look at the crowd. I, that's one thing I learned. When you look at them, you start tripping because you feel like they're looking right at you. Or yeah. you just got to look like right above them. Right above them. You know what? And that's one thing that I've learned DJing. Yeah. Because there will be times that I'd be setting up my turntables when either Quick or somebody that I was DJing for would go up. And sometimes the crowd will be like this close to me. Mm -hmm. And there's possibly a thousand, five hundred, eight hundred, like if it's a house of blues, maybe like five hundred people there. No, yeah, like the observatory we're at, like it was it was packed. And I, people are just looking at you. And I always tend to look towards the back wall. Yeah. I mean, I don't get nervous anymore, but I've always learned that every once in a while when they're rapping and I'm cutting and scratching, then I take a look at the crowd. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of see who's out there or whatnot. But uh I don't think I can rap, bro. Well, I, I, not that I ever tried, but I don't consider myself a rapper. I consider myself a producer, DJ, mixtape guy, director, podcaster now. But I don't think I would be able to cut it and go out there in front of the crowd and rap, bro. Like, that's just... And that that's the crazy part because I'm, I'm not one of those... I'm not very outgoing. Like, you can ask the homies. We go out and everything. These fools, they'll be talking to girls. We'll be out. And I'm just right there in the cut, just chilling, like... And people trip out like, oh, you rap? Like, yeah, like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm very to myself. I'm very quiet. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time to do shit like that, like, I don't know. I just like, I just blank everything else out and I get to it. 
Right, right. Okay. That'll work, man. Check this out. We're going to go ahead and press pause right there. We're going to take a 10-minute break. We're going to come back back. And uh, I want you to tell people where, when we come back, what you're working on now, when is it going to be released, individuals, whatever. Okay? Definitely. Okay, everybody. Once again, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that play the bills in the motherfucking building. We'll be back 10 minutes. Make sure you guys go get yourself a fucking modelo because it's about to get good, real good. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 120. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump butt naked right back into it with... Play the bill. Play the bill in the motherfucking building. How you doing, bro? Chilling, man. Having a good Chilling. time right here, vibing out. I see you guys uh, Pacifico right there. Yeah, yeah, man. Is that your favorite beer of choice? Uh, it's what I'm rocking with right now. You can pass me a Modelo, Corona, Pacifico. One of those three. I don't care. I'll drink them. No shit? Okay, you know what? Let me ask you a question. Because I have a hilarious fucking uh, 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 story. How old were you when you first drank your first beer? Shit, like 10, 11. No shit? Yeah. And how did that come about? I just grabbed one out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Family party, I just I grabbed one real quick. Okay, what kind of beer was it? A Budweiser. A Budweiser? That's what my pops drinks till this day. Forever, that's all he drinks. Budweiser. No shit. Okay. I think I was probably about your age, and my dad used to work at a taller, meaning like a body shop. He used yeah, to yeah. fix cars and shit, okay? And um, he used to buy a six-pack, un seis, of course. That's what he used to drink. Yeah. So one day I woke up, like 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, as a kid, maybe about your age, about 10. Yeah. I was thirsty as fuck. And what <laughs> he used to do, he used to pop open the can, you know, take a swig and then get a little piece of paper and cover the whole, I guess, so the gas or whatever wouldn't yeah. come out. So it wouldn't be flat. And one day I just like, okay, nobody's up. First time. And I took a fucking swig and I swear to God, I spit that motherfucker out because you know what beer tasted like to me? Like it wasn't done. Nah, it was nasty back then. I remember yeah, it was nasty. Dude. I just wanted to be cool. So I just wanted to try it. <laughs> okay, now when was the first time you got drunk? That time. Up over that one beer? No, I kept drinking. Oh, no, shit. I kept drinking, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say I probably took a sip when I was younger. Like, I think my dad gave me a sip. I was younger. He's like, oh, just try it. Just know this is what it is. I don't want you doing it. And, but I ended up just trying it later. And yeah, I, I started, I started like messing around, like trying to drink and party like real young. Cause I, where I grew up, I had uh -huh. older neighbors. Uh huh. And they were already, I was like 10 and they were already like 15, 16 and I was hanging out with them and they're already trying to, Right. they were already active, you know, doing little dumb shit. So I was just rolling with them trying to keep up. So I just, they would drink, they would smoke. So I, I was doing all that dumb shit with them. Okay. Yeah. I think I was like, I want to say maybe 19 years old and I was DJing a bachelor party. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh man. First time ever tasting uh, uh, Jack and Coke. Know, Jack Daniels whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was, you know, mixing it, drinking, DJing. After a while, bro, I was like looking at the needle, like, you know, it was weird. It was weird because yeah. I was 19 years old. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So, and then after a while, I said, "Fuck, you know, I, I feel good. I feel good." And the music's playing. Grab the bottle, and I was like, "Doom, doom, doom, doom." Oh shit! It was over, dude. Like, and after a while. I was like, you know, my head was spinning, you know, because yeah. again, I was just a youngster. And I told uh, my friend, hey, I'll be back. I'm going to go outside. I went in his truck because we had a big old truck where we used to carry all our equipment. We were mobile DJs. 
Dude, I threw up all over that motherfucker, bro. Oh, I've had a couple days like that. Oh, Everybody. dude. <laughs> you know, and then you wake up the next morning, your fucking head is pounding. Boom, oh, boom, 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 you, boom. Terrible, bro. I've had plenty of those. Terrible. <laughs> oh, oh. But anyways, I, I don't want to get into what my dad actually gave me to cure the hangover. Another my dad beer? gave me one thing and it cured it instantly. And I still believe that if he had it, he could make a million dollars, bro. See, I don't know. See, I didn't know what it was, but one day he gives me like uh, water. Okay, uh, he puts a little cube in it, but he said I can't tell you what it is. It looked like a little cube because I can't tell you what it is. He said because you're gonna want to get drunk all the time, and now you know you have the cure. Yeah. Okay. He squeezed lemon and he put one other thing, and he goes, when I stir it, it's all gonna come up. Go outside and just down it. Okay. And I said, all right, cool, whatever. So he drops that little cube in there with the water and whatever other ingredients with lemon, stirred it. That motherfucker shot up. I drank that motherfucker. And he said, you're going to get ready to throw up. And I said, all right. That motherfucker, everything came up. I threw up, and it was almost like after I threw up instantly, it was gone. It was weird. And I said, ¿Qué fue eso? Like, what was that? And he goes, party's over. I need that cure <laughs> shit because I still have those days too, so I need that. Right, right. Get the recipe. Yeah. Okay, brother. So let's talk let's fast forward from you were a teenager you were with this group well let, let me ask you this uh how many years total if you can remember were you with this group i would say about 10 years 10 years i started rocking with them when i was about 17. Uh -huh. and i recently went solo a year ago this month yeah mm -hmm. in december last year's when i went solo okay okay uh -huh. now um like I, I'm not gonna ask why you know you decided to go solo because I don't know if there was any beef or whatever, and I don't like to get into all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, like, let me ask you: while you were with those, with that, did anything good come out of it? No, yeah, they definitely show me show me the ropes. You know, I got I got nothing but love for them at the end of the day. You know, whatever right. happened, it is what it is. Right. I still wish them the best. Of course. You know, but. You know, they, I've been, I was rolling with them since I was a little youngster. And I mean, I'm not that old now, but I mean, it's been 10 years. Right. And just, I just think we outgrew each other, you know? It, well, I mean, it happens. I mean, you yeah. look at groups like NWA, you know, there was so much talent. With so it. many people trying to do one thing at one time. And it just, you know, it gets in the way of other people. Yeah. You know, other people trying to do this, trying to do that. And it just makes it seem like everybody's stepping on each other's toes, you know, and they just tension grew. You know, we just left it at that, you know? Right. Okay. At the end of the day, I wish them nothing but love and respect, you know? Do yeah. their thing. They still doing their thing, you know? Shout out mm -hmm. to them. Um, when you were in the group, how many people were actually in the group? It's about like six of us. See, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's too much for everybody trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I would say. And my, now, now that I've been through it, I would say, you know, it's... Right. I mean, you see every... I, well, what group can you say right now that didn't break up or somebody didn't... Of course. Leave? Of course. I mean, because sometimes... It could be ego problems, you know, I'm better, no, I'm better, no, I'm better, the group ain't ain't uh, good without, you know, with, yeah, without yeah. me, you I know, mean, type it's, of thing. It's, it's, or, a little, it's a little bit of all of that, you know? Yeah, or it could just be so much talent there that it just can't be caged. People need to venture out. Yeah. I mean, Wu-Tang did it, you know, Wu-Tang Clan did it, you know, but uh, a lot of groups did that, you know, but now that you ventured out on your own, um, do you like being on your own compared to being in a group? Yeah, yeah, I do. Really? What, what, what's, I mean, I, I know it's obvious, but like, what would you say is like the major difference? You don't have to answer to nobody? I, or? I do what I want and I drop when I want, you know? 
Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, I just, I was kind of just sitting in the background waiting for my name to get called up. Oh, you know? okay. Like, oh, I, I want to do this, but I got to wait or, or chill out because I'm going to do this, you know. But right now, like, I dropped, when I was with them, I dropped two projects or three in 10 years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I could have done a lot more. I left last year and I dropped an album in August. I dropped six i had seven tracks on album. i dropped six six videos from august till now back to back you know and i just feel like my numbers my everything has gone up just in these last six months than what it has in okay and i was with them six months ago that was your first project no okay no. let's backtrack my first solo project right no that's what i mean like yeah. like yours so you walked away from this group you started your I had I had I had a uh, two solo albums with them, but I was under that group, you know. Okay. It was all under like um, under the other people. Like, however, it just it went. We did it their way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I would do videos to certain songs that they told me I should do. Okay. Or do this, do that, which was cool. You know, I understand because I was learning. You know what I'm saying? They 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 showed me the roles, but I just I wanted to do so much more. And I was just kind of, I had to wait, you know, I was just more in the waiting game. Like when I was told it was okay for me to do something. Yeah. And right now I just, I've been going fucking, I've been going ham. Just whatever I feel like dropping, if I feel like dropping a track tomorrow that I got sitting in the email, I'm just dropping. Right. Right. Just whatever I want to do. So your first solo album with them, what was the name of the album in case people want to look it up? One of Them Nights. One of Them Nights. I dropped that in 2014. 2014 and it's just you or did you have features i had features well mostly just uh the homies from the group okay the homies from the group uh who produced it do you produce at all no okay it was um it was beast by talent okay and he's he's um he's like the group out with ski that that's their that's their producer producer. i'm telling you like everything i learned was with them i'm gonna be honest with you everything i started off with everything i did was with them you know with um with ski mask with yb and all them they, they they put me on game. They they I could say they, they made me an artist to to start off with. Right, right. Okay. But Your first album drops with them. What was the response? It was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. One they, of the one of the tracks that I did with YB back then, uh, produced by Talent, it's at like fourteen million views right now. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, what was the name of that song? Um With the Business. And people can still find that? Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So now um how many songs were on that first album? I think uh, 11. 11. 11. Did you do a lot of visuals? Uh, I only did, I did two visuals for that album. Okay, okay. Yeah. So now, how long did you let that album ride before you released your second one? Shit, I dropped the second one, I think 2018. So so I'm saying like, it was just like a lot of just the waiting game, you know? So what was, what was the, the, the year difference from the first one? 14, 18. 14, four years. Four years. Wow. Yeah. So you had to wait four years. So I wasn't really doing much, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I was rolling with a group that's doing their thing. Yeah, right, they, right. And yeah. there's a lot of artists. Yeah, they're doing their thing. You know, they're, they're coming up. I, I, I was in a lot of rooms and places that I probably wouldn't have got there by myself, definitely. But I just feel like at this point, like I got to get it on my own, you know? I can't just sit there and wait. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So now, second album drops. 2018. Okay, what's the name of that one in case people want to look it up? All Out. All Out. Okay, and is that on all major platforms? Yes. Okay, okay. Now, 
back to the first album what was your favorite song off of that album uh, it's crazy because i don't even like that album to be honest now that, now that i go back why to though it, why i just what what, I, what what i'm doing now and everything like i just i look back and i just i don't like it okay if i had to twist your arm and ask you to pick a song um, would it be any of the any of the video songs maybe getting it with the business was cool you know but i don't know i just i honestly like i don't remember the last time i played that album i don't oh, listen shit. to it no okay uh second album who produced it same uh i had a, a lot of beats from youtube but also i have a couple beats from 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 talent as well okay yeah how many songs were on that album uh i think 10 or 11 as well okay so you just kept it around 10 or 11. Yeah. okay and any features on that one no just uh the homies from the group as well okay did that album do better than the first one about the same about the same okay yeah. i had w three visuals for that one w were you happy with the results yeah because i i felt like those songs were better okay yeah. but okay. with what i just dropped now i think it's topped everything i've ever done okay so now we're gonna get into that so you dropped your second album 2018 you said yes okay i think it was around there yeah okay so now you left and what was your first project or single if you will um, on your own i sat i i sat back for a while and i started working on the album and i just dropped it in august okay now because i like that i'm a guy that i love detail yeah okay so now you leave are you still working with that producer or do you find no, other i just i started i literally had to find everything because i was recording with them they had their studio and everything i literally just left with nothing like i had to find I was going to like four or five different studios just trying to find my sound again because I was so used to one sound. Right. There was like a couple songs that I probably recorded about three, four different times because I wasn't I wasn't content with how it sounded in the places I went to. Okay. So I spent a lot of money on this last project because it was more just wasting money because I was just trying to find my sound. I already had the songs done, but I went and recorded here, there, there. I didn't like it. So I just I kept going and getting the song done until I found what I liked my okay. sound as far as that so is this sound different from the last two albums definitely i think i i feel like i'm a whole new artist so lyrically even like yeah i, I feel like i feel like i'm just more free i could do what i want you know like right you know there was a lot of times where i would record songs and if they didn't agree with it uh -huh. it didn't drop you know hmm. I, under, I understand where they're coming from too but like, i just feel now i just I would have a hard time writing back then because I was like, oh, they're not going to like it. It's not going to drop. So what's the point? Right. So now I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that says yes or no at the end of the day now. Okay. And I love now, that. Now let's talk about this album. It dropped in August, you said? Yes. Okay. How many songs are on that album? Seven. So, so it's more like a like an EP. EP. Yeah, okay. Like EP. Oh, what's the name of that one? And where can people find it? All platforms. All digital platforms. It's called One Deep. Uh, any visuals? I did uh, out of the seven tracks I did six okay. six videos I just I went all out I went all out with it that's dope that's dope okay now um, so you found your sound what is the first single that you released and what was the response the the first video I dropped right before the album drop was um, it's actually two videos in one it's the first two tracks on the album it's one deep and faded okay yeah, so I dropped that and it got love. You know, one deep is literally it's just a hook and one verse. But if you listen to it, I'm I'm talking some deep shit just for everything I've been going through, my life, everything. That that cuts off and then it jumped into faded. Okay. And that's produced by the homie Ace Beats. I started working with him, I was recording with him over there. So I started going over. He recorded some of the tracks from the album. 
So I started going there. But if you check it out, like it's kind of like just that album, just kind of showing like what I've been through in these last right. these last few like year or two. You know, just mm. going through everything I'm going through. How, how long did it take you to make this album? Um, I started in after I left over there. I I got right into it like January, February, so till August, about eight months. But I took my time because I invested into it. The videos, I got, I got two big features on it. Yeah. I got the, I got a track called uh, "Shut Up" on there with the homie Drummer Boy. Okay. And uh, another one with uh, Baldacci. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. I, I've interviewed Baldacci. Yeah, yeah, yeah I seen it. I That's it dope, man. That's dope. I, I had a good time uh, chopping it up with him and just his story. And if I'm correct, I think they're supposed to be doing a documentary or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, he was talking him. about that. Yeah, he's got a lot of things in the works. That's dope, his man. Thing. Now. Um, so you got six videos out of, out of seven songs. Yeah. Are you going to do another video to the last song? Or? No, I was going to do it. Like, I actually had the video date and everything, but wow. it just didn't work out that day. So I mm -hmm. just said, fuck it. I scratched it, and I'm just I already I'm already recording new stuff right now. So okay. I'm, I'm going to just leave, let that one be, and I'm going to just jump into the new stuff. Okay. Now, uh, odd question. You ever had another rapper diss you? Um. Nah, no, nobody worth talking about, you know, like, <laughs> you know, people just trying to get clouded, just little beefs I have in the streets and shit going on, people trying to throw my name out or try to throw little, little shots, but I ain't going to give them that time of day, you know, if they really oh, feel yeah. that way, they know where to find me. And I'm glad you said that because uh, there's people out there right now clout chasing after Rodeon Radio. Uh, they always seem to go live after Rodeon Radio. And then for some reason, uh, you know, my name is always in their mouth. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just like, means you're doing something right. Absolutely. See, back in the day, people hated you because you did something wrong. Yeah. Now they hate you because you're doing something right. You know, and back then we didn't call it hating. We call it jealousy. And that's exactly what it is. And those two fucking fat lanes, they know goddamn well who I'm talking <laughs> about. Okay. So, but I'm going to address that at the end. Okay. But anyways, uh, let's keep talking. Um... <laughs> That shit was too fucking hilarious. Okay, now, um, so these songs already dropped. People can find them on all fucking platforms. What now are you working on today that people can look forward to? A lot, man. Like, I just started recording again because I, I, I dropped the album in August and I just chilled. I didn't record nothing until recently, right. about a month ago, because I would just focus on the visuals. Mm -hmm. I was just putting my time into that. I'm talking about back to back. I dropped a video, what, like every... Every two, three weeks, I was dropping a video back to back to back. And then I dropped the last one. I had a video. I had a date for the for the last one, the seventh one. But yeah. everything just was all bad that day. It was probably my fault. I was just being easy with it. But, you know, it happens. You know, okay. I, I did six videos and it just went from there. But right now I'm back in the studio recording. Um, I got a lot of I got a lot of new stuff coming. A lot of, a lot of different things in the works. I'm, I'm getting my clothing brand going. That's dope. You know, um, okay. this is actually my, my hat right, this is my brand right here, Street Life Era. Okay. So I got that. Um, I've always been on and off with it. Uh huh. But right now, I feel like the buzz I got going with the clothing, or I mean with the music, I feel like I can get it going a little bit better now. That's dope. So I'm going to do that. I got some logos from the, the, the homie OG Pamps. He's mm -hmm. a, the graphic designer that did my stuff for me. I'm actually trying to actually get into the weed game. Okay. Yeah, like, um, I mean, you're just trying to venture out. Yeah, because there's a lot of artists that, that they're making money with the weed, you know. And I got my homie right here. He's doing this thing. He, he's at all these events and everything. So we're trying to get like a little, you know, like those those woods, the the big blunts and everything. Right, trying right. to trying to make something happen with that with the with our own logo. 
Okay. So we're working on that right now, and hopefully, you know, it all comes into play. Okay. Okay. That'll work, man. That'll work. I like the fact that you're a young entrepreneur trying to win, and I'm thankful that you came here because, like, what I always like to preach here is that there's enough money, there's enough shine, there's enough light for everyone. I know there's, there's so much out here that you can do to make For everyone. Make I mean, we don't have to hate on anybody, bro. It's never been my style to fucking hate on anybody, throw anybody under the bus. I've always been a giver. I've always been a giver. I've always been the person to <clears throat> shine light, help. Sad thing is that eventually people end up backstabbing you, but it comes along with the territory. Oh, it comes with it. It comes with the game, you know? Yeah, it you comes along. And, losses all day. and the sad thing is that it usually comes from your own people. That's the sad part. But it's the sad truth, but it happens. Yeah, you know. But okay, so now um um you were talking about your weed, your uh you want to venture out in that, you want to talk about well, Yeah, it's something I've never done it before, right, you know, but correct. you're still I, learning. I see so many people doing it. I just feel like with with the fan base I got going like I think it's something I could try out, you know? Mm -hmm. Cuz I mean, pretty I don't even smoke weed. I don't. Well, neither do I. So, yeah, welcome you know, to the but, club. But I think I think it's something that could go. Definitely. Mm -hmm. you know? That, that's definitely a lane that there's so much room to grow in it. Right. And then your clothing, how long have you been doing your hats and your stuff? Yeah. I've been doing it for, I want to say about five, six years already, but I've never stood consistent with it. That okay. was my problem. I'll, I'll, I'll get a, a batch of clothing, hats, everything. I end up just giving it away or to the homies and stuff like that. But I feel like, but I, I didn't have such, like, I don't think I have the biggest fan base right now, but I have a way bigger fan base than what I did. Right. And I think right now I, I really feel I could do a lot more than what I was doing back then. Okay. Well, speaking of your fan base, what do you think it is about your fans that they like about you? I don't know. That That's the weird thing because, like, since I ventured out on my own, my numbers have just grown drastically. I don't know if people are just trying to see what's this, what's this dude doing by himself now or uh -huh. what can he do. But my numbers have just gone up like crazy by myself. Right. To the point where I even tripped out like, oh shit, like, right. you know, they're, they're actually rocking with me. Cause I, I, I was a little nervous at first when I lived like, shit, can I do this on my own? Right. You know, like just the, those thoughts that come in your head. But I started dropping stuff back to back and making little moves here and there and everything. And I'm getting feedback every time. Like, right. Like my numbers will show itself. Like on my own channel, before, when I left that group, um, my Instagram, or not my Instagram, my uh, my YouTube, I only had about 2,000 subscribers. Since the day I dropped the album till now, I'm talking about four or five months, I'm I'm, I'm close to like nine, ten thousand 10,000 subscribers just within a few months. No shit. So people are just like, they're curious. Why? I don't know, but they are. Right. They're curious to see what I'm doing. Okay, okay. That'll work, man. That'll work. Okay, well, check this out. We're kind of com coming close to um, our interview. Um, anything you want to share, anything you want to promote, anything I didn't ask you that you want to talk about. I always like to give the artist an opportunity like, yeah. hey, you know what, maybe you didn't ask me this, maybe I wanted to promote this, maybe I wanted to push that. Anything I didn't ask you. Nah, just stay tuned with me, man. I got a lot more coming. I feel like I'm just getting started. Shout out to my boy Kale, the homie Ace, um, you know, the, the other homies from the city coming up, rapping, the homie Massive, YG Dreams, Trash Skin, uh -huh. doing our thing, man. Got a lot of shit coming. Okay, that'll work, brother. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for coming. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. No, I appreciate uh, you interview. having me. Definitely. Cool, man. So at this point, I want to be my boy Johnny in here. So if you guys can yeah, uh, switch man. seats. Appreciate you. My boy, uh, you got it, brother. Uh, my boy Johnny's about to bring me some cookies. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Let me put the seat back a little bit. Big dog coming. Yeah. 
It's uh, not your granny's cookies. Okay. They're not medicated for Tony. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, you can't eat the weed ones no more, huh? All right. <laughs> Never did. Look at that shit. Look at that shit right there. Right. Okay. But that'll work. The top back on and shit. Stay COVID free. And if I'm correct, this is your sister. It's my sister's uh, sister's business. She's popping. She has the medicated and she has the the regular cookies. She's she's blowing up. So reach out. It's a Wilmington thing. And um, you can find her on my page. You can find her on uh, Not Your Granny's Cookies. You know, on Instagram and and Facebook. But yeah, she's she's doing it. And real good too. That'll work. That'll work. Okay. So at this time. Let me move this out the way because we have cookies. Okay, at this time, uh, let me go ahead and address uh, these bullshit false allegations that uh, many of you guys are here for, for the fucking cheese man. Okay? And you heard me say it right. These bullshit false allegations. Okay, this is a person that I try to help. This is the person that I was behind. And eventually, this person ended up backstabbing me. I can go into details, but I was advised by my attorney. Oh, yes, because I'm pursuing this. When somebody tries to put a jacket on you, you better have paperwork to back that up. If not, it's going to come back to bite you in the fucking ass. Okay? So what I'm doing, everything that you posted, every video, every Photoshop screenshot that you claim you have, is going to be used against you. Okay? Because I'm not going to let off. I got a very, very good lawyer that by tomorrow, you'll be living in Alaska. Okay? So... Everything you say, everything you do, everything you post will be used against you. You better rehearse whatever you said in that 17 minute video because when that shit doesn't line up with your story, somebody's in trouble. Okay? And eventually, if I'm not in jail, somebody lied. And believe me, I'm not bullshitting. Okay? I'm gonna pursue this. Because when somebody get uh, uh, convicted, for false allegations, they can face between 15 to 25 years, and that's what you're going to be looking at, because I'm going to pursue this. I'm tired of this shit, and that's all I'm going to say. But let me say this. If I'm really guilty of these allegations, I should be in jail, not on your YouTube page, where you have encouraged people to go subscribe so they can get all the juicy, you know, uh, cheese me. And that's what you've been doing. And I ain't fucking around. But that's all I'm going to say. I don't even need to name you because you know who you are. And as far as those other two fat fucks that are constantly got my dick in their mouth, here's what I'm going to say. You two fucking fat lames said Tony A needs to get checked. But here's what I'm going to say. You check me. This ain't no gang shit. This ain't no hood shit. This is man to man. You got something to say? Stop going live, you fucking putas. Say it to my motherfucking face. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, since you guys like cheese me, I'll move this whole fucking table out the way. We'll go live and I'll go heads up with both of you fucking fat putos live on Rodeo Radio for free. Both of you guys at the fucking same time. Give me an opportunity to knock your bitch ass out. You know what's crazy? Motherfuckers believe you guys and you got no fucking credibility. You got a motherfucker that got slapped up. The other guy that got knocked out by a little fucking kid. Can't even go back to their own hoods. Don't even live in fucking San Diego, but are just fucking bumping gums. You got something to say? Say it to my motherfucking face, bro. And with that being said, we're not going to be here Wednesday because it's Johnny Boy's birthday. Ooh. Friday, no freaky tales, but we'll be back Sunday with two special guests. And for all three of y'all, váyanse a la pinche verga. Fuck Miss Pac-Man. We out of here.
Call somebody, pick somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that Rodian Radio is live up in this B.I. You got it. You got You Rodium Radio Rodium Radio 